This is the In Terms of Faith podcast. My name is Igor Rodriguez, and um, today we'll be discussing one uh, Bible verse, another Bible verse that I think uh, sometimes Christians, without knowing, take um, take the the text out of its context. As always, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email in terms of faith at outlook.com. That's in terms of faith at outlook.com. And uh, this is the third uh, podcast on a series of what I call misused Bible uh, verses. So today we'll look at uh, Romans 8 28. But before we, we go into that, um, have you ever heard Christians say, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good? Uh, I've heard that several times in books, in uh, movies. Uh, there's a recent Christian movie that this phrase is used by, I think it's an African pastor. But anyway, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Now, this, uh, this phrase, this that is true. If we believe in the Christian God, if we believe in the God of the Bible, we know that God is good and that God is good all the time. But as we, as we go through life, do we experience the goodness of God all the time? So when we have problems, when we have disagreements, is that always easy for us to say? And more important, is, is, always, is it easy for us to accept that God is good all the time? Now, is that even a, a fair question to ask? Uh, is God good all the time? Uh, growing up in Brazil, most afternoons and uh, Saturdays mornings, I watched, like every other kid, movies uh, produced in the USA. Uh, translations or adaptations of movies in, into Portuguese uh, produced here in the USA. And most of those movies are like chick flicks or kids movies, which is okay. And uh, one of the messages that many of these movies would suggest is the idea that everything is going to be fine. So have you ever heard that? Everything is going to be fine. Now, I was a questioning, inquisitive kid. And I thought about that, that phrase, everything is going to be fine, fine. And to be honest, that didn't seem to be true in real life. Now, understand that phrase occurs or happens in a movie context, as a chick flick. But um, as with many things uh, kids watch, and I would say adults as well, these ideas, these phrases that appear uh, in popular culture, in movies, in songs, they will find eventually themselves in our daily talk, in our uh, conversations. So, not to my surprise, when, I came, when we came to the, the United States... Uh, I, 
I found that that phrase, everything's going to be fine, is actually used by many people. Uh, everything's going to be fine. People actually use that phrase. Now, for me, the question, even as a kid, was everything is going to be fine. Will it? Will everything really be fine at the end? Now, movies, of course, it will. Uh, but in real life, it doesn't seem it does or it doesn't seem it will. Uh, disaster happens. People lose jobs. And after they lose a job, sometimes they don't find a better one later on. Uh, our relatives, our friends, they pass away. Sometimes even uh, after a long time of suffering. So again, will everything be fine? So maybe I'm, I'm missing a hidden message in this phrase or, or the way people use it. But for me, knowing all the bad things that happen, sometimes with good people, it seems hard to accept that everything is going to be fine. Now, as a Christian, I know that everything is going to be fine. But what I think that my thinking is different from other people is that they believe that after a short period of suffering or trials, then everything is going to be fine. Now, these same people, if they are Christians, and sometimes even non-Christians, they will even bring up a favorite Bible verse, a so-called Bible promise, uh, found in Romans 8.28, which is our verse for this podcast. And Romans 8.28 says, All things works together for good. At least that's how people mention this, uh, paraphrase this verse. All things works, works together for good. In other words, something bad is coming. That's how uh, these people use it. Something bad is coming. Something bad is on the way. To pay off the waiting or to warrant the pain and suffering uh, they have been enduring. Now, does this verse mean, like some Christians claim, that whatever happens in life, everything is going to be fine? I don't think so, just like in the movie. And hopefully I'll show you why I think this way, why I think it's a false conclusion, a uh, misinterpretation of what Paul was actually saying. Uh, there's even, I think, a danger in using Romans 8.28 as a promise from God. Eric Bargerhoff writes, quote, When the doctor calls and the cancer has returned, is it true that all things work together for good? When the police officers show up at your door on your son's prom night, is it true that all things work together for good? When you lo lose your job, your marriage of 30 years begins falling apart, or your stock portfolio takes a dive right before you retire. Is it true that all things work together for good? Where do we find the good when the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do but make her comfortable? That's Bargerhoff. Now, those are hard realities. And the Christian who, wrongfully I think, takes Romans 8.28 as a promise from God will maybe think of this verse as an unkept promise when the worst come or what is even worse a flat out lie uh, or the Christian may even think that he or she 
is in sin. So that's why God promise does not apply to them. And I think this is wrong. Those are all wrong conclusions, misinterpretations of Romans 8.28. So let's take a closer look at this Bible verse and try to discover what Paul had in mind when he wrote this. Now there's a good principle that Greg Coco presents when he says, and listen to this, never read a Bible verse. This is a principle that I think all Christians should use. Never read a Bible verse. Now what does that mean? Is he saying that Christians shouldn't read their Bibles? Of course not. What Coco means by that is that we should never read a Bible verse without considering its context. Never read a Bible verse. <laughs> read what comes before, what comes after. What is the style of writing? Who is the audience? Things like that. Get the context of the Bible verse. So let's do that with Romans 8.28. So I spent a few um, hours, I guess, looking through several translations of this passage. In some of these translations, they may give the impression that God will really works things out for us, that everything is going to be fine. But even so, if we actually go to that passage and read at least all verse 28, we can find out a few details that are left out of this, quote, promise from God. So as I said before, people usually mention uh, or paraphrase Romans 8.28 as all things work together for good. And this is not the entire uh, verse 28. So, first, the verse starts with an end. The, the word end. Which means that Paul was either adding something to a list or coming to the conclusion of a thought. Right? They were playing basketball and he hurt his wrist. So, 8.28, Romans 8.28 starts with, a, with an end. So that by itself gives us a clue to look what comes before verse 28. Paul is talking about our present suffering, verse 18. He talks about the suffering of God's creation, and that's uh, verses 19 to 22. And then he turns to our own, suf our own suffering in verse 23. As we, as Paul says, we wait eagerly, for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And then in verse 28, in the context of suffering, Paul says, this is the entire verse, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And then 29, for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Uh, a New Living Translation, another one that I found, reads this way, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. So in the context, in its context, Paul is talking here to believers, not anybody. He's talking here to those who have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. So then this verse is very specific in its application. It was intended for Christians. So this is not a, a promise for anybody. It was intended for Christians. So second, Paul himself says in verse 18 that, quote, Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory 
that will be revealed in us. So yes, everything will be fine when we get to heaven, when we get to the glory uh, that will be revealed in us. Bargerhoff again says that as Christians, and he says, we long for that time to arrive when Christ returns and both body and soul are delivered from the fallen flesh and eventually glorified. Yet until that day comes, we have to rely upon the Holy Spirit in all our, our day-to-day weaknesses. During times when we don't know how to pray about a situation, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help and intercede for us. And you find that um, Paul, uh, Paul actually says that in verses 26 and 27. So Bargerhof continues, But even though we don't always know how to pray about things, there is something that we do know. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Now, there's much we do not know, but there's one big thing we do know. All things work together for good. Now, what good? What kind of good? The answer comes on the next verse, verse 29. It says, For those whom God foreknew, He also predestined. And there's the, the, uh, the prize here, to be conformed to the image of His Son. In other words, God is using things in our lives to conform us to the image of His Son. Not to fulfill our own interests of financial success, health, security, personal happiness. God is using these circumstances, all things, to grow us spiritually and make us more like Him. Now, not that God is not interested in our uh, well-being while we are on earth. Uh, But somebody said, we are not God's pets. Besides, the promise of Christianity is not a better life now but it is the promise of a better future a better eternal future in the presence of God and I think that God has moral sufficient reasons for allowing suffering in the world our world is full of suffering but I believe that God suffers with us when we suffer but even this suffering is not compared with later glory and you can read that in Paul, uh, in Romans 8, 18, the beginning of this big section. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Paul repeats that in, in another letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. He says, Paul says, see what he says, for our light and momentary troubles... This is Paul saying he has been in prison, he has been uh, beaten, he has run away from difficult situations, but he says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's the promise. That's the uh, Paul's uh, promise here. So to go back where we started, the idea that um, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. When we say that God is good, we mean that He's morally 
excellent and kind. God is true. His love is pure. That's what we mean when, when we say um, God is good. His nature is good. The very definition of God is good. We find that in uh, 1 John. So this is uh, my take on Romans 8, 28. And what I think um, uh, a wrong interpretation uh, of that verse, taking that verse out of its context and using that as a promise from God that, like in movies, everything is going to be fine. Uh, as a Christian, as I said before, I know everything is going to be fine, but not necessarily in this life. Uh, for sure, in the next life. So, let's, let us grow in maturity in our Christian faith, uh, in the image of Christ, as Romans 8, 28 and 29 says. And, let us apply Cuckle's saying, never read a Bible verse. Again, always go to the Bible to check what people are saying. Uh, and not take whatever people say on face value or whatever uh, we read on Facebook. Go to the Bible and um, read the context of the passage. Check it out. So that's what I have uh, on Romans 8.28. Thank you for listening to this, and as always, I'm looking forward for comments, uh, suggestions, additions, uh, questions. Uh, I will gladly look uh, things up. And uh, So these podcasts are short. I cannot cover everything, so if you think I missed something, um, I will go back and uh, expand, uh, talk more on uh, past podcasts. So you can find me in my email in terms of faith at outlook.com and have a good week. Uh, look forward to hear from you and every Monday uh, we have a new podcast ready. The next one will also be a Bible verse that I think people misuse and uh, anyway, hope to hear from you and have a blessed week. Bye.